Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Have you ever heard of an obstetrics social worker? If your pregnancies were smooth sailing, chances are you won't have come into contact with one, but they play a very important role for those women who need help. Genevieve Muir is an obstetrics social worker at the Martyr Hospital in Sydney. Hi, Jen. How are Hello. you? What kind of training do you do to become an obstetrics social worker? Okay, so an obstetrics social worker is a social worker with a specialty in working with women and men and families around the time that they are having babies. So in that area of obstetrics um, and not just at the birth, but in the lead up to the birth and following the birth in that postpartum period. What made you want to work in this area? Because social work is such a broad range of things. This is very specific. It is. So I became a social worker straight out of school, but as I had my four children. (laughs) (laughs) Four is a lot these days, isn't it? (laughs) As I had my four children, with every single one of them, I came across an expert or a person that just changed the game for me with my parenting. I think it's one of the toughest jobs in the world. I think that the transition from zero to one children is huge. The transition from one to two is huge. And it gets a bit easier beyond then. Um, I think they're really big turning points and I just became passionate about working with families and helping them in that area because, yeah, I guess having been through it and then wanting to apply my social work skills to that area. Yeah, so interesting. So um, what kinds of situations do you deal with on a daily basis? So on a daily basis, the beautiful thing about obstetric social work is that it is so different every day. So we might get uh, women referred into us around the mark that they have a 20-week interview with a midwife. There might be a history of anxiety or depression, or there might be a situation that's happening for them currently, like a, a bereavement, or it could be absolutely anything. And for that reason, it might just get picked up that that person might need extra support Um, The role that we play at that point might be very minor, just a person, a name that you've got that can support you, or it might be bigger than that. It might be that they need us to hook them into a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a myriad of other supports that can help in the lead up to the birth and then all of those supports that we can put in place after the birth. Does that mean you would um, support, for example, women who are surrogates I know that's not yes. a huge thing in Australia but there's still women who absolutely surrogacy yeah I mean absolutely something like surrogacy there's not really a roadmap for that you know yeah. um, so that's something we've seen at the Mata absolutely this year and me myself and my colleague Deb DeWild we've both seen a lot of that and uh, also we might see same-sex couples navigating the system um, and Anything you can think of. (laughs) Yeah, and the other thing I I think of as well is um, those who have had gone through IVF. Yeah, absolutely. And so many. That infertility road is such a long one and I can imagine there must be a lot of anxiety around or just other concerns around going into labour. Absolutely. If you've had a very long or complicated journey to get into the point of being pregnant, 
As you can imagine, I mean, we're all quite worried leading up to that first scan and then that 12-week scan. Is everything okay? I mean, anyone that's had a pregnancy probably relates to that feeling. But if you've had a very long and complex journey that's led to that point, then you're really going to feel heightened anxiety and a lot of worry around it being okay. And I think that's um, something that we can definitely support people with. And it's something we see a lot of these days. I was wondering with IVF, I always sort of in my head I've had friends who have struggled to fall pregnant mm. and then once they're pregnant and they have the baby everyone's like yeah you got what you wanted yay <laughs> and I'm like how is their experience going to be any different to my experience once the baby's there like it's tough for everyone no matter how wanted that child was and I often think that if other people assume and you yourself mm. have wanted this for so long that there there must be a very steep drop on the other side if you get there and you're like this is really awful I mean you know it's mixtures of both we, we love it and we hate it at the same time right like if you've got a baby who sleeps through wonderful but if like most of us it's but, waking you know, up if you've got a normal baby yeah, if you have a normal baby <laughs> and breastfeeding hurts and your body's all shot yeah. because you've just given birth however you've given birth bodies don't tend to come out of it feeling chipper yeah um have you seen on the other side that you've needed to support women who've had those fertility challenges? 100%. And I think, again, like all babies, like all humans, we are all so different. So how some of us will go with that, there might be some people that struggled to have that baby. And so when it comes, they are able to somehow take the hard moments in their stride because that baby was so wanted so that absolutely will be the impact for them and then another person might be like I feel guilty because this is hard and and like you say horrible and breastfeeding hurts and I should be grateful because I wanted this baby so much and what if that person doesn't feel able to to complain and and to sort of let people know that they're struggling because of a perception that they must be grateful. So absolutely, those perceptions and that pressure, that social pressure can absolutely play a role, especially if it's been a journey to get there. But by the same token, for some people that fall pregnant really easily and didn't weren't quite ready, you know, absolutely same thing can happen where they can go really well because of that or they can struggle too because they weren't quite ready. And, you know, I guess yeah. that's the journey. I don't know anyone's ever ready. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's just my experience. Um, so Nothing can quite prepare you. No, nothing can quite prepare yeah. you. That's exactly right. Um, so you, I think you mentioned there, I think we could probably ascertain from what you said what your role involves, but how would you describe your role? So say someone was referred to you and they come and they sit down and they're just looking at you thinking, well, I don't know why I'm seeing you. I don't. What are we meant to be doing here? Yeah. Um, what is it that you do in particular that supports mothers at those times? I think that one of the things we can do is be a, a link between them and the other services and supports that might help them. Just um, social workers, absolutely, no matter what area, whether it's obstetric social work or other areas of social work, one of the things we do is connect people. So it's all about linking. Um, and that's a really big part of what we do. So knowing where to send people, what might be helpful, what's out there and connecting them up. But I guess the bigger role is, is holding the person and being that space where they can be honest and we can, we have the skills to hold space for that. 
And I think just sometimes being heard is one of the biggest things that people need if you've experienced birth trauma or you're just, you know, just finding it hard. Like you say, it's hard for all of us, especially the first time. Um, Having someone that can welcome in those fears or those doubts or that sadness and hold space for it absolutely can make a really big difference. Yeah, just being seen. Yeah. Um, So how do you get help from an obstetric social worker if you feel you need one? Yeah. Well, um, at the Mater, people are really lucky because there's um, there's myself. I've been there two and a half years, but there is Deb DeWild who has been there about 30 years. And um, if anyone needs help, they are lucky enough to be able to access us by just telling a midwife or it comes up in the midwife interview. So very easy there. Not every private hospital has an obstetric social worker. So what about public hospitals? Do yes, they them do. Have them? They yeah. do. Yeah. So I don't know why I think obstetric social workers should absolutely be everywhere. We know how important it is, the physical aspects of birth. But, I mean, you and I would agree, I'm sure, the emotional aspects of having a baby, the transition that happens every time for us in terms of everything that we go through and for, for dads as well. And I think that supporting people with that side of it is just so vital. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jen, thank you for speaking with us today. My pleasure. That's Genevieve Muir. She's an obstetric social worker at the Mater Hospital in Sydney. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.